welcome to the Restoration Counseling Podcast. It's not for therapists, it's for everybody. I'm your host, professional counselor, Jared Pogue. Not everybody needs counseling, but certainly everybody needs a little help every now and again. Today, on a very special two-part episode, I'm going to be interviewing professional counselor and marriage and family therapist Jennifer Stuckert about the subject of grief. Jennifer has been counseling in some form, shape, or capacity for most of her life, and you'll see in our interview that um, the wisdom she's gained through these experiences shines through. Uh, She really knows what she's talking about. You'll come to find that Jennifer's an expert on the subject of grief, both professionally as well as personally. Uh, It was my honor and privilege to have this opportunity to learn from her. Um, and because grief is a very, very large topic, we didn't want to get anywhere near close to covering absolutely everything that we possibly could. Uh, we more so ended up treating this interview more as a general overview or introduction. Think of like a, a 101 class for grief. Uh, we had to put aside specific portions of grief that we wanted to talk about. Uh, Some of these included the grieving process for children and how it's different than adults, Uh, complex grief that might involve a strong mix of emotions and feelings towards someone or something that has been lost, Uh, and the process of slow grief due to something like dementia or Alzheimer's. Um, If you'd like to hear about these topics, please let us know. We'd love to help you out where we can. Uh, You can either find us on Facebook, Restoration Counseling of Atlanta, or you can, as usual, shoot me an email, J-A-R-E-D, at restorationcounselingatl.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to help in any way that I can. Um, With that said, enjoy today's show. How are you defining grief? Grief to me is a very broad word. Uh, it's a lot that we can throw underneath the umbrella. Right. Um, so I, I think when someone sees grief put up online, and it's, it's a huge thing to click on, mm-hmm. clearly we're doing some focus with that. So right. with that, I want to know, like, how, do you, how do you define grief? You know, when I was trying to think of how would you summarize something so broad, like you just mentioned, yeah. I think it's um, living with the absence of something or someone for Mm. an extended or indefinite period of time. Mm. I tried to make that very descript on purpose. Uh, It includes almost everything. Yeah. But we're looking at people who have actually lost a loved one, Mm. people who've lost a limb, people who've lost a season of life, people who've lost a relationship. And thinking about grief and thinking about the way we as counselors talk with people about grief. We talk about people with grief at all kinds of different intersections. Yeah. And so I wanted this to start with a definition that was really broad, but also descript. Yeah. I, I think it's a fantastic definition. Thank uh, you. There's 
a lot of pieces in there. And yeah. I think anyone would tell you that there has to be a difference between a permanent loss of a loved one and the end of a relationship. Right. Uh, it, it sounds like there's there's apples, in a sense, apples and oranges. Right. right? Like, I don't want to say one is, is um, meaningless, the one's meaningful, or anything like that, but I'd say that, that there's a certain gravity that comes with each one. Yes. Uh, in trauma work, we talk about capital T trauma and little t trauma. And today, as I was thinking about grief, I was thinking sometimes there's sort of capital G grief and little g grief to um, bend that idea. Um, by capital G grief, I mean a permanent loss. Mm. And by little g grief, I mean uh, maybe a loss of a hope for something like a relationship or a position or an opportunity or an expectation in your mind. So those would be more little g griefs okay. versus the capital G grief being a permanent loss. Yeah. And of course, there's degrees in that. The loss of a spouse is different than the loss of a child, which mm. is different than the loss of a parent. Yeah. And then we look at the where we are in relationship with the people whom we might have lost. Yeah. And then you look at people who might have lost a limb mm. or um, the capacity to do something, particularly as we age related to independence. Interesting. I used to be able to drive myself everywhere and now I'm dependent. I have to be driven places. Mm. And there's a permanency to that loss that affects our personhood and how we go on. Yeah. And that might be somewhere in between big G, little G. Yeah. Someone, if we're using that idea. Yeah. No, I, I really like that idea. Someone once referred to that to me as aging with dignity. That's correct. And they made it sound so beautiful, but it doesn't... It's not very... Pretty though. Yes, I'm gonna say it's. I'm 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 very struggling with that. Certainly not. uh, Hopefully anywhere near that point yet. Right. Right. It it comes sooner than you think. Right. Uh, To me, it feels like grief is is never really talked about. Even even when you lose someone or or you're close to someone that that loses someone, there's a sense of I'm sorry, and it's kind of like it's not. I don't use the word awkward, but a little bit. No one knows what to say. Right. And I I want to hear your thoughts and reasons as to why like why is it that we as people struggle when it comes to understanding grief mm-hmm. on the whole i think grief is far more messy than we're ever willing to admit hmm. uh, for us personally and interacting with those we know who are grieving and because it's messy we tend to want to shy away from it hmm. it would be nice if everything was clean and neat and we could handle it in one quick lesson or one quick conversation or we address it in one moment of time and it was done and grief is so not that way Hmm. and because of its messiness it's difficult for the individual grieving and confusing and where they are in one moment is not where they are in the next and then for the person who's trying to care for them it's equally confusing if you've lost a loved one and I walk up to you at church and I say I'm so sorry about your dad, and you were fine, you might not be fine after my comment. Yeah. And after you've lived long enough, you've had some of those experiences, and it teaches you to be very careful about what to do. Hmm. And it it seems to build in a hesitancy for us Hmm. to move towards another person because of our uncertainty. Yeah, no, that, to me, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. it's not like we can really take classes on how no. to grieve well with others. And each individual person 
has different preferences. Mm. Their own personal maturity and understanding of self and the relationship that they lost yeah. impacts the way that they'll process the experience. So if you talk to me about a baby that I lost, I'm going to experience that very differently than if you talk to me about um, a family member who I have a disgruntled relationship with. Mm. Those are very night and day. They are. And so my reaction in response to those two types of things is going to be completely different. Yeah. And it's hard to, uh, unless you're an expert on people, it's hard to know how to navigate that. As you're already beginning to see, grief is a terribly complex subject and requires a very precise and loving touch. At this point in my interview with Jennifer, I wanted to know what it looks like to help those in need um, who are next to us that are going through grief. In short, I learned it involves knowing the person and choosing to embrace what might feel difficult. you tell someone who's who's looking to walk alongside somebody who's lost someone important to them right I think if um, I'm the friend of a person grieving here's some guidelines I'd say to myself as their friend okay uh, first thing I'd aim for is to be a really good listener so mm. the better you listen to whatever the person wants to say the more encouraged and helped they will feel hmm so, of course, we know listening is huge. It's a gift in and of itself. It's um, very profound in today's society and yeah. probably always has been. Hmm. Um, secondly, I would want to have the kind of open relationship where I could find out what they wanted to talk about. So it's like the next degree of listening. Hmm. In other words, uh, if my friend who's grieving wants to talk about it, then I want to listen to what they want to talk about. Maybe they want to talk about all their good memories. Maybe they want to talk about the injustice of the loss. Mm. Maybe they want to talk about the moments before the person died and how um, unexpected it was. Depends on what they want to talk about, but I want to listen to what they want to talk about. Yeah. And it's important for them to have someone to do that with. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm following you there. I feel like some people I've talked to have also have this zeroing in experience of, of not wanting to talk about it. I want to go as far away as possible Absolutely. and talk about the silly and benign and the, yes. the ridiculous as well. Yes. So it sounds like you're saying, even if it's not related to the loss, that listening is very, very important. It's very important. And it's a gift, like I said before, in a different kind of way than we might expect. Yeah. <laughs> Better than flowers. <laughs> um the other things that would go with that are trying to have the kind of relationship where you can um, be straightforward with one another, where mm. you can say to the person, hey, what do you need? Mm. And that person might be able to tell you. Yeah. They might tell you, I don't want to talk about it any. Yeah. Or they may say, I really just need someone who cares. Mm. I've been told by um, patients that their other family members don't want to talk about it and they do. Mm. It, yeah. you, everyone's going to be different. Some people want to move away from it. Some yeah. people, uh, most people feel very uncomfortable with the intensity of their emotions. Hmm. So if they are not comfortable with their own emotions, then they're less likely to want to talk about it. Certainly not want to talk about it in a public setting. 
Yeah. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit more? The the intensity of emotion here is what exactly are you saying? Is you're saying people are uncomfortable with the intensity of their emotions? Some things we can see coming. You know, if I have to break suddenly in my car, I know that I'm going to feel that push forward. Yeah. That my car is bracing for the stop, and so is my body as I feel the force of the stop. Yeah. Grief is like that and not like that. Um, some moments I might be able to talk to you in a completely composed way about a loss. Yeah. And other moments, for lots of different reasons, I might not. Yeah. It has to do with the thoughts that preceded the conversation. It has to do with um, other things that have been bothering me. It has to do with my emotional disposition. I'm already predisposed to depression, let's say. If I'm predisposed to depression and I have a loss like this, then I may go even more dark. Yeah. Maybe I'm predisposed to crying a lot because crying is how I manage distressing experiences. Well, that person's going to be even more messy hmm. when they have conversations about their loss, but not necessarily every time, which is confusing when you're the person who has had the loss. Hmm. If you don't know what to expect from yourself, uh, you can brace against the idea that this time you might cry. Hmm. I find that people are um, overly protective of themselves, believing that the emotional experience, the negative, sad feelings, the sorrow, the depression, is more frightening to them than the actual experience of it. They become afraid of getting stuck in that negative feeling. They become afraid of having it in a public way. They become afraid of it sneaking up on them at times when they didn't expect. So all those things are sort of wrapped together when I talk about emotional intensity. Hmm. The emotional intensity for them is about the surprise and the way that they will appear for themselves and before others. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. It's very sobering words on the whole. It is. Uh, Unfortunately, it's a heavy topic. Yeah, of course. But like you and I were talking before, it's something everyone will go through. Yeah. Uh, we're pretty much all guaranteed to go through it. We will, in different kinds of ways across our lives. I feel like some people get a master's or a doctorate in it <laughs> for yeah. the unfortunate reasons, and I find those people to be amazingly wise mm. and worth their weight in gold to be around because mm. they've learned through that series of hard losses. Yeah, and I imagine... I think we like to organize things in our minds and assume that to go through more and more griefs gets easier and easier and you can deal with it. And I just, I don't find that to be true. Mm -hmm. um, what, I don't want to say advantages, but what advantages does someone who's gone through a lot of grief bring to the table? Mm -hmm. uh, particularly maybe someone who's gone through a lot of grief that wants to help other people. Right. I think uh, the answer depends. You have an advantage if you've gone through a lot of grief, if you understand yourself well. Hmm. So people who've done the work of counseling, who've done the work of self-exploration, who are comfortable with their own emotional expression, yeah. have an advantage of going through more grief. In other words, the experiences of grieving that they've known enable them to successfully comfort others. Hmm. But the people who don't know themselves well and who don't understand their emotional world internally, don't tend to be more equipped. Mm. They just tend to be more overwhelmed. Got it, okay. And sometimes we'll encounter those kinds of people and they'll have um, little trite comments. 
I know what it feels like. Hmm. I appreciate I know what it feels like. But you may not. Yeah. That's sometimes a dangerous comment to offer another person, particularly around grief. Yeah. Um, it almost sounds like a little shield when you put it that way, mm-hmm. right? Just this, this sort of shield that pops up. I know what it feels like. I'm right. trying to protect myself from your grief. Yes. In a sense. And that's uh, to me, that's so different than the idea of empathy. It is. <laughs> in this case. It is. Um, Coming close and moving away are very different. Yeah. Coming close is hard because it means that things are going to get messy and they might get messy for us too. You and I both know as counselors that the harder part of our job is coming close to people who are having distressing life experiences because that gets on us too. And loving a person grieving is going to have that same effect. You lost your child, I have children, now I am distressed about the idea that I too might lose my children. Reality is rarely clean or tidy. It's messy, dirty, and personally painful. It's easy to be with people when times are good and fun. But it truly costs us to be with others that are hurting, whether personally or even professionally. Yet it is ultimately a wonderful gift to be able to sit with someone we truly love enter deep into their sadness and despair, to wade into the dark waters and the muck, embracing the hard truths of reality, just so we can sincerely say, I'm sorry. Stay tuned for part two of our podcast on grief, where we go from walking alongside someone who is grieving to becoming the person who is grieving and what we do with the lingering dark feeling of grief. I hope to see you then.